This is Daryl Wood, host of Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show on Faith Talk 1500. First, let me say this show is your show. That's why no matter what I discuss or which guests I interview, your input is valued. If it's in the news, on TV, or at the movies, whether political, social, economic, or whatever, at some point I'm talking about it on Run to Win, the Daryl Wood Show, Monday through Thursday from 4 to 6 p.m. on Faith Talk 1500. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Real life. Hey, wait a minute. What's the name of your church? Real Life Christian Church. Real life. Get real with another edition of Think About It. Real life messages from Pastor Dennis Rasper from Real Life Christian Church. And now, let's listen to the message from Pastor Rasper. Today we, be, we make our beginning in Jesus' name. We begin a new series of messages that I call Principles of Leadership. And not everybody's a leader, of course, I know that. But these principles filter down into our lives, and, and I know they can affect us. And I know, I know if we use these principles of leadership properly, they're going to bless us immensely. So let's start today with vision. Today we're going to look at Abraham. Well, first of all, you've got to know this. Abraham came from a very pagan background. As a matter of fact, in Joshua, in Joshua chapter 24, verse 2, it talks about his pagan background. And Abraham was called Abram before God changed his name to Abraham. In Joshua 24, 2, and Joshua said to all the people, Thus says the Lord of Israel, Your fathers, including Terah, the father of Abraham, dwelt in the land on the other side of the river in old times, and they served other gods. And so Abram's ancestors served other gods. And in Genesis 12, God comes to Abram. How? As a voice? in a dream and a vision. If you read Genesis 12, 7, the word of God says the Lord appeared. He appeared to Abraham. So you got to do a little theology here. God appeared to Abraham. And you know God the Father never ever took human form. God the Holy Spirit never took human form. He took the form of a dove, but he never took human form. Who's the only one of the Trinity who took human form? And that's God the Son. And so how did God direct Abraham? There had to be a direct appearance there of God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. And in the Old Testament, God the Son is called the Angel of the Lord, capital A, capital L. He's also the fourth man in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And so this Son of God comes to Abram. And somehow he had to convince him that he was the sovereign Lord, that he was God. Because he told him, Abram, you gotta, you got to get out of here. you got to get away from all these pagan influences. You have to leave your country, and you have to go. This is Genesis chapter 12. In Genesis chapter 12, reading in verse 1, Now the Lord, the Lord said to Abram, I like this, get out of your country. From your family, from all those pagan influences, and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. So he says, go to a land I will lead you to. And that was tough. The Lord was saying, make a break with your pagan influences, make a break with your past, take Sarah, your wife, and go to a land. And maybe he said, what land? Well, the Lord didn't tell him, just go. And if you go, Abraham, I will do this. Now God's gonna, God's gonna, God tells him, here's, if you go, here's what I'm gonna do. Listen to this, verse two. I will make of you a great nation, and that's the nation of the Jews. He would be the progenitor of the Jews from whom the Messiah would come. What an honor. He said, I will bless you personally. I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Notice all the I wills. This is all grace, man. I will, I will, I will give you this. And then you get to this other blessing in verse 3. 
I will this is the promise of a Messiah. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse him who curses you. Now listen to this. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. What's that mean? It means that Abraham's Jewish descendant, capital D, the Messiah, would somehow bless not only the Jews, but people of all nations, anyone, Jew, Gentile, Arab, Spanish, tall, short, butcher, baker, candlestick maker, man, woman, whoever. Anyone who would place faith in the descendant of Abraham would be safe from eternal death and given the gift of eternal life. And folks, that promise still stands. Through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, Genesis 12, 3. And all you have to do, Abram, is pack up and leave. Well, where is this land you're leading me to? Maybe Abram said that. And maybe the Lord said, trust me. He said it in so many words. Just leave, trust me, and I will go before you, and I will lead you. Now, as you go on, we're going to see that God has a plan for our life. He knows where he wants to take us if we're committed to the Son by faith. See, and Abraham had no idea where he was going, but he placed his faith in this man who he knew to be God, and he said, I trust you, and this is huge. He didn't know where he was going, but he said, because you said it, because you're out front, I'm going. Now, as he went, I look at Genesis 12, 7, then the Lord appeared to Abram. And I don't know if this is true. I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm reading something into scripture here. But I see Abram coming to wise in the road. I see him coming to crossroads, which way to go. And there is the same man who said, just pack up, leave your family and get out of here. There he is. He's pointing the way. Go this way. Go that way. There's a Y in the road. Follow this way. Don't go that way. And so on and so forth. See, God was always out front. He was always out front guiding and leading. Once in a while, we go to Cedar Point with our kids and grandkids, and um, the kids ride those bumper cars, and the kids drive them, and they have these rubber guards on both sides of these roads they drive on. And, and, and they go off the road, they go off the track, and they hit these rubber bumper guards on the side, and they always get back on track, see? And that's how, that, that's how we see God guiding my life, folks. It's kind of in a bumper car. God gives you and me a free will. God lets us drive, and we get off the track, and we hit the rubber bumper guard on the side, and somehow God gets us back on track. Do you see what I'm saying? God is always out front in your life. God's always leading you, and God leads you. And here's a word we need to know, imperceptibly. The hand of God is there. He's always out front in our lives, and a lot of times people, we don't see God out front. And so we're going to look at this vision. We're going to look at vision point number one. Number one, you have to want God's vision. You have to want God, and see, God's vision is God's best for your life. You have to want to go God's direction because it's the direction that he knows is right. It's the best for your life. And so you have to want it. And folks, I want to tell you something. I pray earnestly for that every single day of my life. I say, Father, don't let me get off your path. I mean, I want to pursue God's vision, man. I want to go God's direction. I never want to get off God's track. If there's anything that makes me more, I don't know, fear is the word but concern that rattles my cage, man. It's thinking that I'm going a direction and it's not God's direction. I want to be going the way God wants me to go in my personal life with our family, with this church. I'm passionate about that. When I ask God for his vision, God, I want to go where you want to take me. I want to be going your direction at all times. God, you got to be, I know, I got to be honest, it does scare me. That scares me. If God's not out in front of my life, man, I don't want to go. And so I get passionate about that. And then the second vision point is this. You've got to go for the glory of God. Man, everything has to be for the glory of God. Whatever we do for his glory, he will bless. 
And if what you're pursuing is for your own personal glory, you can go just so far, you can go just so far with it, and that's it, man, that's it. But when it's for God's glory, and that's really your heart to give Him glory, listen now, get this, there is no limit to what God will do in you and through you. I need to say that again too, man. If it's for your own glory, man, you're limited because you're doing it in the natural but when it's for God's glory, he's behind it, man. He, he's the energy. He's the driving force because God's in this business of being God for his glory. And he's given you supernatural power. Now, that doesn't mean you don't go after goals. It doesn't mean you, you don't try and make money or whatever. But see, when God gets the glory, you're submitting this whole deal to him all along the way. And in your heart, as you're pursuing this whatever, you know as you're pursuing it, you, know, you, you see, you're submitting to God. You're submitting to God, and as it's happening, you know it's Him. As this thing is working, as you're making progress, you know it's Him. You know this wouldn't happen without Him. And when it happens, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know that God worked through you and did it through you. It's like, it's, it's like Abraham, you know. He, he's going from, from the land of Haran where he lived to the land of Canaan. And I believe the Son of God is out there saying, Abraham, go this direction, go this direction, go this direction, go this direction. He was always out front. And you know, you know, you know, you know that you were God's vessel and he did it through you. And you're willing to tell that to anybody in the world. And see, I don't care if it's building a house. I don't care if it's buying a house, selling a house, making a big life change, maybe just a new hairstyle. Whatever you do, folks, do it to the glory of God. When God's in it, when God gets the glory, man, I'll tell you, you can't be more blessed than that. Abram um, made a decision. He said, I'm going to listen to this guy, and I'm going to go, and I'm going to follow him. And he went to the land of Canaan. He became the father of a great nation because he had a son, Isaac, and all he had to do was go. All he had to do was, all he had to do was be obedient to the vision that God gave him. All he had to do was be obedient to the call of God on his heart. And when it happened, God got the glory, see. Now, folks, I've got to tell you something. I'm very ruthless with myself. I look at my heart and I look at my motives and I ask myself, why do I do what I do? And we, we all need to do that. We all, need to, we all need to look in our heart and check out our motives. I ask myself, why do I want this church to grow? Do we want to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ so that these people will get into the Word of God and say, man, that's, that's the rule of my life and, 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 and live by the Word of God and obey the truth of God's Word because when you do that, that glorifies God. Is that why I want this church to grow? Or I think about this, you know, the more people who come to Christ, the more people in heaven will praise God eternally, and that gives God glory. And the more people whose lives are transformed by the Lord Jesus Christ, they're going to go out there and they're going to tell more and more people, my life is transformed because of Jesus Christ, and they're going to come and hear what Jesus Christ is all about and ask for God's glory. Is that why we want to win people for Christ? Is that why we want this church to grow? I ask myself that question. Or is it so people can see a bigger, 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 bigger church, and so they say, hey, that guy's really got something on the ball. He knows what he's doing. See, God can't bless that. That's pure pride. And I always have to look at my motives. And I don't know what it is in your life, folks, that you are pursuing, but you got to look deep inside and you got to ask yourself, you got to be ruthless with yourself. I mean, you write the message for your own life here, but we need to ask those tough questions. Why am I doing what I'm doing? And see, if God has a plan for your life and knows where he wants to take you, and it's God's best, God will let you in on that plan, and you will have choices. He will give you his vision for your life. 
Somehow he will communicate that vision or that plan to you. And that's really the vision aspect of this whole word of God. Now, here's the question. If God's going to communicate his vision for your life, then every believer in Jesus Christ should want to go the direction God wants to take him. Then the question of our heart becomes, how do I know this is from God? How do I hear the voice of God? How do I hear God talk to me? How do I know this thing that I'm feeling or sensing is the direction God wants me to go? In other words, how do I hear God speak to me? And I don't know if anybody else has a problem with that. That's one of the toughest things for a Christian to deal with. How do you hear the voice of God? This is a biggie. And I believe there's four ways I can really, you know, we can really discern God's voice. And I said this already. Number one, we have to pray for it. We have to pray for God to make his voice clear to us. We got to pray for that. I mean, now look at Jesus. He had a very big decision. This is Luke chapter six. In Luke chapter six, beginning in verse 12, He's got this big, 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 huge decision because he's going to die and go back, rise and go back to heaven. And he is going to leave the growth and development of the church to 12 men. And right now he's got thousands and thousands and thousands of people following him. And out of those thousands, and I think he had a good idea when he went into prayer, but he went into prayer all night because he had this big decision. Well, listen, verse 12. Now it came to pass... Luke 6, verse 12. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray. Now listen to this. He's got a big decision to make. He wants to know God's direction. Now what did he do? He prayed all night. And when it was day, then he called his disciples to himself. Somehow he knew what his father wanted him to do and the people he wanted him to pick. Now, we got to speculate a little bit here. I'm not sure God spoke audibly to his son because God doesn't speak audibly to me. He doesn't speak audibly to you. I'm not sure he, and Jesus was a true man. He lived with our humanity. I'm not sure God said, Jesus, my son, pick Peter, James, and John. See, what I do is I take the direction of my life and my pursuits. I take them before God. And I got to tell you, I don't always get a clear leading from God which direction he wants me to go. I don't always get confirmations. And I know a lot of people, before they move, they want confirmations. But here's what I know. It honors God that in the first place, I trusted him enough to bathe this whole deal in prayer. And I got to tell you, I will not make a move, any move of any consequence, people, without bathing. Though I mean, I commit my whole day to God, big things and little things, but I will not make a move of, of any consequence without bathing this whole thing in prayer and asking other people to pray for me. And then I need to wait. I need to sit back and wait for God to make his will clear and for God to confirm that will. But after a time, when I don't get a clear leading from God, see, I hear God saying to me, well, use the brain I gave you and use God's word. See, because the more I sit back and the more I don't act and the more I wait for God to make it clear, the less I do. And there comes a point, what I'm saying is this, there comes a point where I want to know God's direction. And this is the way God works in my life most of the time where I, I have to use the brain God gave me, and I have to use his word, because here's what I want. I'll tell you what I want. When a decision has to be made, and I want to know what direction God wants me to go, I would absolutely love someone to come into my life and say, hey, hey, I got to get together with you, because, because last night I had, the, I had this dream, I had this vision, and God gave me a vision, said, go tell pastor what direction I want you to go. I'd love that. And that's happened. 
couple of times in my life it's happened, but it seldom happens. And there comes a point where I move and you move, and God says, bathe this whole deal in prayer, get off dead center, move off from where you are, do something in keeping with the principles of my word that you know, and then we wait for God to close the wrong doors, and we allow ourselves failure, we do, and we wait for God to close the wrong doors, and we wait for God to open the right doors because he's out front. And so number one is you got to want it that badly, but we're not always going to get confirmations. I mean, you know, we, we, we want to know God. We want God's vision that badly, man. We just got, we got to do what Jesus did. Did you ever do an all-nighter in prayer? Second way God speaks to us, I just mentioned, is through his word. And again, again, you know, most of us don't get big, big dreams. I know I don't get these big, big dreams. But here's what I do, do, folks. I do this, I study this, I study the word of God. And the Holy Spirit brings, he, he builds principles of his word in me and you. And when we see the word of God, we, we, we obey the word of God. And we go the direction of the word of God. And on a daily basis, we seek to obey the word of God in the small stuff, in the diddly stuff. And we're going God's direction. You know, God's out front. You know, it's like those bumper cars. I mean, my, my grandkids ride these bumper cars, and once in a while I ride with them, and they're going all over the place, all over the road. They hit this side, they hit that side, but they hit these rubber bumper guards, and they bounce back, and they go the direction God wants them to go. And that's what God does with me through his word. Because you know what I'll do? God will let me drive. I'll be in the driver's seat, and sometimes I'll go this way, and I'll hit that wall, and I'll go this way, and hit that wall, and I'll look at that word of God, and I'll say, no, wait a minute. This is the direction God wants me to go, and that's how he guides and directs us. Another way guides and directs us is the way God guides and directs us to his very best, to the vision he wants us to have, the place he wants us to be, is he will bring people into your life. So we've seen two so far. You've got to want it, man. You've got to want it. And you've got to be earnest in prayer about this. And don't always look for confirmation. Sometime you've got to move. And the second way God guides and directs you is through his word. Man, you've got to be fervent in that word of God. You've got to know that word of God. You've got to do that on a daily basis because God's going to guide you in his word. And I'll tell you what, when you're going the wrong direction, he lets you sit in the driver's seat and you hit that wall. You've got to be in that word to know the direction God wants to get you back on. And so that's how you hear God's voice. So don't tell me you never hear God's voice. Here's a third way. God sends people into your life. And this gets very uncomfortable for me too because God will send people into my life and those people will tell me this is what you should be doing and this is what you could be doing and that demands a lot of work and that demands a lot of time and, and maybe a lot of stuff that I don't want to invest myself in and I got to deal with that and that gets very uncomfortable for me. But those people are challenging me and I need to listen to them and that comes down into your life too. I mean, I've talked to people who say, well, I'm lonely. I think I'd like to be married, but, but I can't find anybody. And I say, well, do you, do you know a member of the opposite sex, someone you used to hang out with when you were growing up or something like that? I say, call him. I say, make a connection. And that's you know, hard. I mean, to do something like, you know, because, because so many great marriages are built on past friendships, but it's hard to do something like that. And you want something, you got to do it, see? But God's word teaches us that God brings people into our lives. He sends people into our lives to direct us the direction he wants us to go so we can finally get God's best. The fourth way God speaks to us is through promptings. The Holy Spirit in you will prompt you, see? He will prompt you and he will nudge you the way that he wants you 
to go. And I know in my own personal life, you get these promptings from the Holy Spirit, and they begin gently, but they build, man, and they build, and they build, and they build, and they build, and you get this sense, this is what God wants me to do, but the way God wants you to go doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and sometimes you got to understand this, a lot of times God doesn't make sense. But if they build, and build, and build, and build, and I'll tell you, that happens in my life, I say, oh, you know, I just you know, I, I ate the wrong thing, you know, I'm thinking the wrong way, something like that. But these, they, you know, God won't let go of that. And they build 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 and they build. I know there's something I got to do. I think you got to be a mature Christian to follow a prompting like that. And you say, this doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but God, like I said, doesn't always make sense. And that leads me to the next vision point, And this is number four. We've had three vision points so far. Number one, you have to want it. Number two, number two is you, you, you got to pursue it for the glory of God. Number three is you, you have to listen for the voice of God. And we gave you four ways to listen. Look at number four. When God gives you the vision, and this is the fourth vision point, you need to step out. You just need to go. The son of God said to Abram, he said, go. He said, leave. And then he made these promises, man. He said, he went out in the limb. He said, I'll bless you. I'll make a great nation out of you. I'll bless you personally. And all the nations of the world will be blessed through your seed. But he never told Abram where he wanted him to go. See, that's the point of trust. And Abraham had to go. And so he left his mom and dad, who were pagan people. See, God was calling him away from all that. We say it like this. He called us out of our comfort zone. And Abraham said, I don't know where I'm going, but I know I'm going. And folks, there comes a point where you and me have to say, I don't know where I'm going, but this is from God, and I got to go. Folks, when you pray and you get a sense of God's direction, when people come into your life and they challenge you, when you feel the leading of God's spirit, when God's word points away, God is leading you, and you got to understand this, he has something better for you than what you have. And God knows where he wants to take you. And he's leading you there because he always wants your best. It's hard. And you know God's leading you into something new. And you don't want to go. <laughs> that is really a hard thing to do. But you got to understand where God wants to take you is always, always, always something better than what you got. But God's going to ask you to take a step of faith. He is not ever going to guarantee your future. He will never, ever, ever guarantee the future because there's got to be the step of faith like Abram took, and he wants you to trust him. And you got this going for you, Acts 5, 33, our memory work. Well, Acts 5, actually, 38 and 39, because two disciples of Christ are, are standing before the Sanhedrin, and the Sanhedrin is the ruling council of the Jews. And they stand before the Sanhedrin for preaching that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And so they are, they are Peter and John standing before this ruling council of the Jews. And the word of God says in Acts 5, 33, and when they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. And then a very influential man stood up, verse 34, that one in the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people. And he commanded them the guards, to put the apostles outside for a little while. And so now Gamaliel is about to address the Sanhedrin who wanted to throw the book at Peter and John for preaching about Jesus. Okay, so he puts them out. And now he addresses the Sanhedrin. He says in verse 38, And now I say to you, keep away from these men. Don't mess with them, see? And let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, listen now, it will come to nothing. If it's of men, it's going to fail, right? Now look at this, but if it's of God, 
You cannot overthrow it lest you be found fighting against even God himself. And I put it this way in your memory work, you know, because it's from another Bible. If this is of God, it can't fail. See, if this is of God, if God put this move in your heart, if God put, if God put this deal in your heart, folks, it can't fail. It can't fail. You've got to tell yourself that. See, God's best is waiting for you, but you have to take that step. So, you prayed about something. Ask yourself, what's God saying in your heart? Who's challenging you? What's God giving you in his word? Is that tug of the spirit moving you? I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe God wants you to leave one way of life for a new one. Or maybe God's trying to get you to start something new. I mean, what vision is God giving you? I'll tell you what you got going for you. Acts 5, 38 and 39. If this is of God, it can not fail. And all you enemies of what this guy is trying to do, you fight him or you fight her, you may find yourself opposing God. That really takes us into next week's message on change. But today, we've seen that um, Abram made a break with his um, comfortable lifestyle. And we've seen what vision is. It's the vision God has for you. It's God's best for you. It's where God wants to take you. And we've seen some vision points. I mean, um, number one, you've got to want God's vision. You've got to want it. Second vision point was this, you know, when you pursue anything, when you pursue anything, you do it for the glory of God. And you've got to be radical with yourself and look at your motives. Third vision point, God communicates his vision in prayer. He answers prayer. He communicates it through his word. Those bumper cars keeps you back on track. Through other people who challenge you and make you uncomfortable, see? And through his spirit prompting and leading you in the direction he wants you to go. And so don't miss God's best. If it's of God, it cannot fail. Think About It is sponsored by Real Life Christian Church. Real Life Christian Church meets in Endeavor Middle School, 22505 26 Mile Road just west of North Avenue in Ray, Michigan. Sunday service starts at 10 a.m. Visit us on the web at rlcc.us. Never miss a single message from Pastor Rasper. Just go to faithtalk1500.com and download the Real Life Podcast. And until next week, may God's Word do a work in you. Real Life Christian Church. Get real.